Welcome to Zenergy, the interactive podcast providing resources for building a better life. I am Zen Ashe. I am your conduit, your coach, and your catalyst to that better life. A conduit provides a connection. A catalyst sparks change, and a coach draws out hidden potential in a subject. So today we have gathered here together on this beautiful Sunday, even though it's overcast, to talk about cooperative group economics, how we can work together to build a black community financially and how we can support one another. And I have two wonderful people that have joined me, Baba Fana. Hello. And Mandisa, Professor Marilyn Douglas. Greetings. And I'm really, really, really excited because I saw them do a live probably six months ago, something like that, um, on his class, Conversations in African Culture and History, which he has at the Shrine on Saturdays at 1 p.m. So you definitely want to check that out. And they had done this on Facebook Live, and I just thought it was full of information that people needed to hear, and I wanted them to come out and just talk about cooperative group, group economics so we could learn from them, and we could just be better at working together as a community. So I want to thank you guys for coming out, and I wanted to ask you, either one of you can answer this, what does that word, that phrase, cooperative economics, what does that even mean? Well, before I get into what the word cooperative economics means, there's something I want to make clear, because sometimes I think this is cloudy in people's minds. And that is, by being connected to our African culture, the culture that we've talked about before, which is grounded in our correct relationship with the Creator, a correct relationship with nature, a correct relationship with people, and it's based on each all of us having the same purpose of bringing beauty, harmony, and communion to the world. I want to be clear that that does not mean that when you take on these principles that you somehow are committing yourself to poverty. Because a lot of people have this false concept that when you are righteous, that somehow you're going to be living in poverty. And as a historian, I want to make clear that when we had communalism, when we had cooperative economics as part of our village, as part of our world, we had beautiful clothes, beautiful jewelry, tremendous architecture, brought gold to the world, and so we were doing quite well. So the reality is the concepts of being communal and cooperative does not mean that you're going to wind up being poor. It actually means you're going to wind up being quite wealthy and rich on all levels, spiritual, mental, and physical. So on that note, I'll let Mandisa share what cooperative economics is. Okay. Uh, peace, everyone. Cooperative economics is when the village works together to share the abundance that was provided. And so at that point, it is a theology of abundance and possession, not a theology of promise for later. So it definitely, we are not poor, we're never poor. We may be broke, but we're wealthy. I want to back that up because I remember one of the first classes that I went to um, in conversations in African culture and history, which was probably about two years ago. And it took me, I, I'm just saying, if you guys are out there and you're inviting somebody to go somewhere and they don't go, just keep asking them, you know, okay? <laughs> he probably asked me about five times before I came to his class. So I came into the class and he said, we have to move away from um, the mentality that we've been raised in. We have to come back to a mentality that is more ancestral to us. And he said, we've been raised in a scarcity mentality, mm -hmm. that there's just one pie, and that if you get a big slice of the pie, there's less for me. But he said, nature doesn't show us that there's one pie. Nature shows us that you put a seed in the ground and a hundred trees can come from that seed. Okay. So that's a mentality of abundance rather than scarcity. And that was when my whole mindset started to shift. In fact, the first word in my book is abundance. Mm -hmm. And 
I realized he was so right. We had been raised with this idea that it was doggy dog. We were in a rat race that uh, we had to always compete and there was only one winner and everybody else was a loser. So the idea of win-win, which um, I was just reading the book. I think it's the seven habits of effective people or something right. like that. There's a whole chapter on win-win versus win-lose. I realized that I had been brought up in a win-lose culture that the 1% was winning and everybody else was losing on different levels. But that I didn't have to be a part of that culture, that I could step outside of that culture and say, as a artist, as an entrepreneur, as a person, I want everyone to win. I want to use my resources to raise all the boats, you know, and, and there's that saying that a rising tide lifts all boats. And he was one of the ones that was instrumental in me two years ago, moving from that competitive, I have to look out for number one mentality to a cooperative. We are all in the same boat. We can all help each other. You know, one back scratches the other back that whole, you know, working together mentality. And I remember another story that he said, he was talking about when um, you were going through the African village and you wanted to buy something, that there weren't prices on anything, that everything was a barter system, a, a, a discussion. You know, so you went to um, the, the banana seller and you might have some, you know, you might have some bread over here and you would decide how many loaves of bread equal how many bunches of bananas. And it would be a conversation. And because there was always these conversations, you were always bonding through the transactions rather than manipulating the other person or looking for a weakness in the other person or trying to get over. You were getting to know the other person. You were listening to their needs. You were trying to, again, Win-win. What do you need? What do I need? How can we meet both of our needs through this transaction? And it was just such a beautiful, I was like, wow, okay, why wasn't I raised like this? I would, I mean, it was such a freeing concept. It literally freed me in so many ways. And, and I'm, I was 48 years old. A good number. When I first, thank you. When I first heard that concept, because I had never, ever heard anybody speak like that, and it just, to be honest, I felt cheated. I felt like, why did my parents, did my grandparents, why didn't anybody ever tell me these things? And I realized it was because they didn't know. That's right. And it's it's so sad. You think about all the things that were stolen from us as a people. That's just that one idea. That one idea was so massive that it literally, and I'm not exaggerating, it literally changed my life and transformed my life. And I want to say that for all of us, that concept connects to the language that we use. And the language that comes out of the African experience is everything is both and, both the this and the that, as opposed to what comes out of the toxic culture, which is either or. Either you're a winner or you're losing. Mm -hmm. And all that either or does is create drama and chaos. And I've probably said this, I probably say this every week. The toxic culture has drama and chaos as the basis of what it's all about. Drama and chaos. It wants to create drama and chaos. It does not believe in harmony and cooperation. The universe is built on harmony and cooperation. The stars, Everything is connected. Our bodies are built on harmony and cooperation. The nervous system harmonizes with the digestive system. So harmony and cooperation are two of the key words that we can look at to give us the kind of understanding that we want to have as we get into this topic of cooperative economics. And again, there are a lot of things I could say about that, but if we can just remember, whenever we are talking, to think of things as both and and not as either or, that will free us from that negative, toxic way of thinking that we have to be manipulative, exploited, and so forth. And none of that is true. Because cooperative economics is connected to the reality that we were put on the planet to enjoy this place called Earth and to bring heaven on Earth, and that there's always been enough water, there's always been enough air, there's always been enough land, there's always been enough fruits, there's always been enough nuts and 
there's an abundance around us. And as we use the resources that we become exposed to that are part of who we are, it gives us an opportunity to participate in that communal experience of cooperative economics. And as a wise man once told me, many times, Bobby, as much as you can talk, you have to let someone else talk because they have something to say. And on that note, I'll swing over to Mandisa. Yes, and I would like to definitely keep our mind on the natural component where we're cooperating with nature, so there will be enough later as well. And so that's where the transaction comes in between us and nature, as opposed to just taking all the time. And we thank the trees for what they've given, we thank the air for what it brings when it's fresh, and anything that's tainted comes from our mistakes. Mm -hmm. Awesome, awesome. So, when we're moving from like this, this way of thinking that I was raised in, that most of us were raised in, and we're moving to this new way of thinking, how do we begin to make that shift? How do we begin to put into practice this idea of cooperation mm -hmm. and, and communalism? So, what are some things that we can do? So, either one of you. Well, the first best thing is to apply whatever you learn so that it becomes a part of you. It's We first change our minds, and then our habits will follow. And then to build alliances, like minds doing the same thing, which is what makes it the cooperative part. The economic the ecology of the economic environment is already there. So when you are clear on what, what you value now, then you find like-minded people and you build a stronger system to enforce it. Our African ancestors used to say the first thing to do is pray about it. Hmm. And what pray about it means you want to find out what it is inside of you. What is this gift? What is this talent that you have inside of you that is your purpose for being here on the planet? Once you've prayed about it, it will be revealed to you. And it gets revealed to you in in nice kind of ways, like if you felt like you always should be a, a cook, or when you're working around food, you feel good, and so you know that's 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 what you like to do, and you like to see the smile on people's faces from the food that you, so you know that. So once you pray about it, the next thing that happens when you pray about it, you're you're speaking it into being, and you're giving it to the ancestors and to the universe and the creator. So the universe will then send you people. Who are also connected to doing what you're doing. So now you have the ability to do as my presiding bishop taught me a long time ago. Group salvation is a group experience. Mm. Or as people say in the ministerial world where other two or more gathered, there shall I be. And they're saying that the spirit of the Lord can be with you when you got two or more gathered who are of like mind. So once you get together with two or more people, we're going to use cooking as the example. We all like food. Everybody smile and say, yeah, I like food. I like food. So as we look at cooking, so you get together with two other people. What you'll start finding is you, you start reading books, autobiographies of chefs, of how they made things work, of restaurant owners, how they made things work. And you gather information. And in gathering information, one of the things that I've learned, and this was from the street, it said, Ask more questions mm. and make less statements. Mm. When you ask more questions, then you're actually getting information. When you're making statements, I'm not going to get into it. Making statements is really about you wanting to hear yourself talk. And it's really about your own feeling of, of inadequacy. And so you want to, you feel like you have to make statements to, to clarify who you are. So let's not even get into that. When you are asking questions and you're connecting connecting with the people that you are seeking to do this with, you're learning from those who have done it before, mm -hmm. then you now put together order, you order your steps. Mm -hmm. It must be Sunday. Everybody mm -hmm. sing, I know the song <laughs> comes You order your steps because order is the way of the universe. Mm -hmm. Everything is organized. When you hear the word order, you see the word organized. They are one and the same with little change. So you order your steps. You organize for success. You organize how you're going to bring the resources together, bring the towns together, how you're going to share it all, how it's all going to work, and you're on the same page and on the same mind. That is the process that our African ancestors used to make everything come into being. 
And the first thing that they did with that process is they recognized that everything that they got and everything they received was a gift from the Creator. Mm-hmm. The water was a gift, that the earth was a gift. In this case, the vegetables, the plants, the fruits, and that were a gift. And so it was always an understanding that we are great, grateful, and have an attitude of gratitude to the Creator and to nature for giving us the opportunity to create this cooperative economics to bring about abundance to our life. And to do what my brothers and sisters from the West Coast of Africa used to say is the, is the paradigm you have to use for life, which is people should feel better when you leave than they did before you came. And that, on that note, I'll swing back over to Bendix. And they should be relieved when you're coming, not when you're leaving. It's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a powerful way of restating that. So, um, people on the live, we're going to take a break for... Oh, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. In a few minutes, um, we're not... <laughs> you, you, well, if you want to, we can. Or we just do okay. not stop. Do not well, we're going to keep going. Keep, keep going. going. Keep going. So, um... There were so many nuggets in there that I loved. Um, I love the idea that there is order and that there is organization when you come together and that you're recognizing your talents and you're also recognizing and validating the talents of others and you're seeing the word that I like, which a lot of people, whenever I do a live and I ask them to do um, captions on my live, you know, the automatically generated captions, they don't put the word synergy. They put the word synergy. Synergy. But you know, I'm not even upset with that because that's a beautiful word. And the whole idea of you coming together, you coming, and I'm here, and we are synergizing our ideas. We are creating, instead of it being one plus one plus one equals three, it's really not. It's more than that because the three of us are sending out all these ideas onto these you know, people out there, and they are capturing it, and they are becoming energized and enlightened. And so it's not just the three of us actually getting enlightened. It's actually whoever's watching and whoever they talk to getting enlightened. So it becomes more than I could have done by myself, more than you could have done by yourself, more than you could have done by yourself. It becomes something that we created that's new that the three of us built together, you know, and you're bringing your skill set, your skill set. I'm bringing my skill set. We're bringing our experiences. We're bringing all of our insights And so all of that together is multiplication, you know, and, and I, again, going back to the way I was raised in the culture that the way of thinking I was raised, there was almost a suspicion when people got together It's Oh, this person might steal my idea. This person might try to take credit for what I did. This person might, um, they might be trying to, to get over on me rather than, oh, what can I learn from this person? How can we work together? How can we grow? How can we be better together than we were apart? And so, again, for me, you know, moving into that cooperative group economics kind of thought process, number one, it helped me see people in a much more positive light because instead of looking at them with a negative expectation, I started looking at them for the gifts and abilities. Let me really look at this person and see, oh wow, she really has this background. I need that. He has this background. I need that. We can we can collaborate together. Sure. And and rather than, oh I mean I need to be careful. I don't say anything about what I'm doing. They might, you know, it was a instead of operating from fear, come on, I began to operate from expectancy. And that was a powerful shift because I was expecting good to come from meeting new people. And it, I had never been one that was really interested in networking and all that kind of stuff. But once I learned cooperative group, ever not, I can't, I can't, group, group economics, right? Yeah. I began to be a, a massive networker Yeah. because I realized that there is one way of learning things that is long and tedious, and that's learning everything yourself through trial and error. Trial and error. And then there is the 
Let me sit down at the feet of somebody. Let me be mentored. Let me be guided. Let me be humble mm -hmm. and, 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 and take some instruction. And let me see other people and see what they have to offer. Let me go to their classes. Let me go and buy their books. Let me, you know, and that was a different way of thinking because again, and you would think an educator would know this. And I did to a certain degree, to a certain degree. I, I applied certain things when we're talking about education, but economics is a different thing. I had been trained to operate from fear, as I said, to operate from suspicion. And so when I started my business, I was glad that I had just barely started it when I kind of started coming to your classes because I was able to, again, be so open to the people that were around me be so uh, receptive and and just be a sponge. And that was, that's something that I've taken on and I've said to people, be an individual, but be a sponge. Be both. Like you say, both and. Both and. That's right. Because in the culture I was raised in, we were taught in a sense to be an individual means to be separate. And you have to, in a sense, keep separate. Otherwise, people are going to um, try to take over and they're going to try to boss you around and they're going to try to whatever. But I've learned both and I can be an individual and be true to myself and be unique and be a sponge. That's right. I can do both because I can be the sponge and learning from all the things, all the gifts, the abilities, the experiences, all the insights and still be an individual and still keep my uniqueness. You know, so... Um, I was, again, very grateful <laughs> that I was introduced to this as I was becoming a business owner and I didn't insulate myself and, and, and cut myself off from the blessings of the community. Instead, I totally opened myself up and embraced the community. Well, let me say something about both and as it as works for that, <clears throat> because as an individual, you have the creativity but you are coachable because you're also an apprentice in the field. So someone has to show you how certain systems work so that your creativity will thrive within that system. So individuality has its place as a creative person, but then the coachability, you're a coach now, you recognize that, right? In our system, in our, we've adopted a lot from the toxic culture of competition in a negative sense. But in our ancient culture, we compete with ourselves to be the best that we can be, mm. right? And so at that point, you are both an individual who's a creative being, and then you are a part of the whole, which is where you share, and things are shared with you. Mm. And our brother, let's give a shout out to our brother, Deloitte Parker, from the Shape Community Center, because he always introduces and reminds us that we are interdependent. So being being an individual means you have individuality, which is not the same as individualism. Mm -hmm. Individuality means that you want to become interdependent with other people and you want to bring your gift. It's like a gumbo. You want to bring your flavor and you know that your flavor connected with everybody else's flavor is what makes the gumbo rich. The idea of mentoring and having someone help you along the way has always been the way. One of the fundamental differences between our African culture and European culture is in African culture, we have a great respect for our elders mm -hmm. because our elders can share with us the knowledge that allows us to grow and be interdependent and move it to the next level. For all of us who know about basketball, you know, when you get together, you can move things to the next level if you have chemistry as a team. You're a team, you can actually move things to the next level. I guess we should give a shout out. There's basketball teams who are playing this March Madness, but the teams that are winning are the teams who are interdependent and have been able to move it to the next level by being connected. This, the process works in everything. It doesn't matter what it is, the process is always the same. Bring your individual to the table so that you have 
you're bringing something there to your being and then connect that to the interdependence and now you can have a cooperative economic, cooperative economics, a cooperative life. And the other thing that you said, which is really important, our life is based on relationships. Mm. And so as we take a, a holistic approach to how we're going to deal with life, that allows us to be in positive relationships. And that allows us to enjoy this thing called life because on a scientific basis, it opens up our heart chakra. The heart chakra, which is right there by the heart, is where we find our joy and happiness. The heart chakra cannot be open when you have exploitation, manipulation, jealousy, evil, greed going on. It shuts down. And so it ain't happening. Now, on the other hand, when you are being cooperative and when you are sharing, when you are caring, when you are working, when you are filling the need, fulfilling the needs of someone else when you are being served, the heart chakra now opens up. And so you are actually able to find joy. And the, the beautiful thing about that is once you found joy for yourself, it radiates from you and it touches everyone else around you. So they, they, they want to model your behavior and they say, well, you know, look at her. Look at her. She's happy. Let me find out where that happiness is coming from so I can have some for myself. And that's, that's what it's all about. And I think of the family as well, because in every family, even in a nuclear family, you have your own first name, but you share the last name. Mm. That's deep. Mm. That's deep. Great teacher. <laughs> I hear you. And then if we go back home to the original place, mm -hmm. your name means something. Everything. Right? It's mm -hmm. just we're just not we're just not copies of, you know, everybody's Mary, everybody's Joseph or, you know, Muhammad. But it means something, even if your name is Muhammad, it means something within that family space. Mm -hmm. Because every guy in the house isn't called Muhammad. Mm -hmm. Or it will be Muhammad Ali, then Ali Muhammad. Mm -hmm. So it, it's very important to understand that we have our place in lots of little ecospheres, mm. right? But we're bringing our value to it as part of the whole. And sometimes one plus one plus one is one. Okay. Wow, that unity, mm. that's beautiful. That's beautiful, mm. that is beautiful. We are one, Frankie Beverly told me. Yes, yes, mm -hmm. we are one. We are one. <laughs> and mm -hmm. we still also have this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. Right. So we have, again, the both and and not the either or. That's right. Yeah. You know, I, I wanted to go back to a, something that you said. Um, there's a book that I had read, and it had a, a lot of collection of essays. And one of the essays was um, basically an argument against the melting pot. You know, we have this idea that we've been raised with in America that America is a melting pot. <clears throat> and the author said, let's really think about what a melting pot means. If I take a pot and I put things in it that will melt, all those things become one glob. They lose their individuality. They have, they just become a part of the whole and you can't tell where one begins or the other ends. And the author was saying that is the problem with America in a sense when we go to, in a sense, white supremacy. Mm -hmm. They want every group to leave their ethnicity. You're not Asian anymore. You're an American. You're not an African anymore. You're an American. You're not Hispanic anymore. You're an American. And they get offended when people say, I'm Asian American. I'm African American. Mm -hmm. I'm Japanese American. They get offended because their idea is this is supposed to be America, everybody's supposed to be Americans, and you're not supposed to have any other affiliation. And the author of this particular essay, and I wish I could remember this person's name, was basically saying, the crazy thing about that is America really isn't even real because, you know, where they thought they were was not where they were. And the Native Americans were here and it was really their land. So this whole concept that we have accepted of the melting pot, he was saying it would be better to say we're a gumbo. Where every person is free to bring and keep their cultural traditions, their ethnicity, and bring the beauty of their culture and be embraced for the beauty of their culture because their culture makes 
everything richer. Like you said, all those flavors make the gumbo the rich thing that it is. And so I thought that was really powerful since you brought that up. I, I just like, yeah. And that's about the story of becoming anyway, because we will always have, for a long time anyway, people that are different. Mm -hmm. And having lived in the Caribbean, we are a kaleidoscope. Mm -hmm. Because some people already made it to the gumbo pot, and some people are still salad, and some people are still a mosaic. Mm -hmm. There are lots of names. You know, we still have Indians from India. We have Africans that are pure in their countryside. And then we have people that are mixed that you see being showcased on television right now. You know, the, <laughs> Come on, we're the chocolate, light <laughs> chocolate with a curly hair. And, and so that's that's promoted. But at the same time, they're, they're uncomfortable with that. Because even they who put that out there feel like they're losing something. Mm -hmm. And I think it needs to be a natural melting pot. And it doesn't have, you don't have to lose. Mm -hmm. Because in gumbo, I can still taste the shrimp. Yes. yes. You know? And it depends on the roux that you put in it. Right. Right? So the kaleidoscope is actually what we have. Some have come together. Others are still apart. Some are quarter this, one eighth that. You know, the one drop this. Mm -hmm. And so all of that is there, and there's room to respect each part mm -hmm. and value what each one brings to the pot. I think if we look at it, because... Part of our flavor is our music. Mm. And we look at how we like our music. We like to have drums, and we like to have horns, and we like to have a, the bass, and we like to have voices. When you think about the music that we really get into, all those are factors there. And I want to give a shout out to our HBCUs whose marching bands are the showcase of their university. And it showcases them so that people can find out everything else that's going on in the university. But the key thing to that is the marching band, and one of the great movies of all time was Drumline, because Drumline said this, yes, you may have great individual talent, but until you become part of a group, until you become part of the drum, the line, your individual talent doesn't mean anything. Mm -hmm. And your individual talent can lead you down a path of destruction, whereas if you come part of the group, you will be led to a path of ascension. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's lessons that we are learning from all different places which say the same thing. Bring, if, if economics is the issue, let's use the process of cooperative economics and bring it into being. And I, I would be remiss if I didn't say that we have one of the great organizers of cooperative economics in our Ms. Mandisa. And she has organized a whole financial literacy, national financial literacy campaign, really it's international. And so I wanted her to share a little bit of that information with the, with the family tonight. Okay, and I would like, thank you. And I would like to kind of piggyback on the music. Think of the Temptations or the Jackson 5, right? The unity is in being your best, but there's harmony in the music, right? And so the best songs of movies, look at the South African music, it's the harmony. So everybody brings something to the table, and we need to value each of those. Oh, yeah. Yes. But um, to the National Financial Literacy Campaign, Right now, it is in Canada, the U.S. and Asia, parts of Asia. And what we have sought to do is to bring financial literacy free to people. Mm. What did uh, you say? Come see the cost. Complimentary. Complimentary. No cost. Free. free, free, free. Free, free, free. We love free because we're used to sharing. That's right. And we should never be ashamed of free. But because it is free, a lot of people don't trust it. <laughs> you know, anything we want to give someone, they kind of look at you like, hmm, where are you coming from with that? Mm -hmm. But it is how money works. Mm -hmm. And we then say, do you control money or does money control you? Mm -hmm. Right? And so we show people how to save, mm -hmm. how to grow their money, how to invest sanely in a certain order, right? Come and on. how to protect it. Mm -hmm. So that all the words that we think only 
When we see people becoming rich, we don't know how they do it. We think we can't do it. And you have to have a lot of money to start. Well, that's a myth. Come on, man. Because it's a hundred pennies and a dollar. Mm. Right? That's right. So what do we say? The bucket, one drop keeps going and you fill the bucket. Mm. And so we need to pay attention to and trust each other. Mm. Because if someone says it's free and it turns out not to be, then you can complain. That's right. But make yourself open-minded enough where, okay, you'll give it a try. You know, people are lining up for the vaccine. They don't know necessarily oh, what's don't, in don't go there. But at this point, well, I mean, you know. <laughs> I got a lot to say about that. That's a whole other show. So don't go there. Stay with me. Stay, stay with me. <laughs> you know, there's all these armchair people that are endorsing it when they know they didn't pass science. Mm, come on. You know, especially chemistry. Come on. Okay. <laughs> Biology made. We got a 50 and made it out. Come on. <laughs> the teacher felt sorry for us and let us go. Come on. Right? Chemistry, mm-hmm. we just ran past that door. Mm-hmm. Right? But, and at the same time, we tend to believe the pictures in the building Ooh. as opposed to the picture in the mirror, the mm-hmm. image in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And so there are a lot of people that have taken advantage of the opportunity to learn these things. And it's only four workshops. Mm-hmm. And you can repeat them as many times as you need to because you know you have to hear things a lot of times yeah. before it all sinks in. But it sinks in faster when you apply it as you learn it because mm-hmm. it's taught in stages, mm-hmm. right? And so it's helped a lot of people not just to come out of debt but to go beyond that because they've grown their money They've invested wisely, and they've learned to protect it. We pay taxes. Sometimes the poorer people pay more taxes. Well, why don't we learn why the rich people don't Don't pay taxes or don't pay as much? Mm -hmm. Because it's it's a mean-spirited situation where the poor people have the highest credit uh, rate for um, cards or whatever. It's a very mean-spirited situation. So we learn to negotiate. Mm -hmm. Right, and, and there are a lot of things that are made into systems that we already had as a system, but it's been flipped to be negative. Mm-hmm. And so we're flipping that back. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that is very beautiful, and I, I am definitely going to put this on my agenda for me to get involved in this and take these classes. It's on Zoom. That's, that's it. So, hey, Every day. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to have to find out when the classes are so I can go because, you know, Starting your own business, you learn about some tax breaks. You know, even having a home business, you have tax breaks. You know, everything from the gas when you're driving to events to this room that I have, you know, set aside for my podcast is now a write-off. You know, so I didn't know those things until I actually started a business. And then I found out. I can write this off. I can write that off. I can do this and that. And, you know, I have an accountant that, that is, okay, send me all of your receipts for this. And, you know, so he can calculate it and everything. And, of course, I got it. Uh, I'm doing, you know, work with black-owned businesses. So shout-out to all of black-owned, you know, business accountants out there, tax right. firms, you know. So, but um, it's, there's so much that you don't know or I didn't know. And, and I'm... Again, I always say, my goodness, how did we not learn all of these things? Like you go all the way through school, you go through college, you even I even did some, you know, postgraduate work. Well, and still didn't learn still. a bunch of stuff that I needed to know that would have been super helpful to me to know. Um, and it's it's kind of mind-boggling about our education system because again, I feel like you sometimes have to search out yes. the things that you really need to be successful in life. Um, like how to, as you say, grow your money and save your money and invest your money. Those are key things. Mm-hmm. And, and how to work with a group and how to even, like I said, have this whole idea of cooperative group economics. So all of this stuff, I mean, I feel, I almost feel like my life didn't completely begin or fully begin till I hit oh. like 47, 48 because it was so much I didn't know and now I feel like, oh my gosh, <laughs> what do I? What else don't I know? You know, because so I've weird. learned so much in the last two or three years, mm-hmm. and and um, 
You know, so one of the reasons why I wanted to have a podcast is because I really did want to bring all kinds of education to the public that I feel has been hidden from us, especially as black people. Um, and just even as people who are not in a sense rich or wealthy or privileged, I just felt like so much has been hidden. That's a good way of putting it. And, and, nice uh, well, that's why we are, this program is now at Harvard University, yeah. right? Awesome. Imagine the MBAs that end up ruling the world and they're learning four little workshops from us to manage their own money. That's right. Wow. Because you are taught to work for someone. Mm. You're taught to make other people rich. Mm. Well, this is how you make yourself as rich as you want to be. Well, and how do we, let, let me jump in right here. How do we find you? How do we go to be a part of the workshop? How do we connect into all this? Uh, you may call me uh, or you may email me. My email is pretty simple. It's mdjones, number 4, edu, mdjones4, edu, at yahoo.com. Or you may call me at 832-495-7986. Is there also a website? There is a website. We're updating it right now because we've added so much. Okay. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to create my own website, well, landing pages, mm -hmm. so that um, it's more accessible to more people. Okay. So I heard that your name is Professor Marilyn. Um, so where are you teaching or where have you taught? I'm about to retire from teaching languages and moving into teaching financial literacy. Mm. But I've taught at Prairie View A&M University, I've taught at Texas Southern, and I have taught at U of H downtown, and I have, I have long-term retiring from Houston Community College. Wow, quite a few, quite a long list. Of, and some of those I taught all at the same time. Ooh, my goodness, there you go. That's that's some. Well, now I need that's to when I didn't know how money worked. <laughs> I, I hear you. I hear well, you. Well, now I need to jump in since since y'all brought it up. I'm gonna say I'm gonna keep this short. Okay. <laughs> One of the things we learn from the street is if a person shows you that they're no good on Monday and they show you they're no good on Tuesday, and they show you they're no good on Wednesday, and they show you they're no good on Thursday and Friday and Saturday, what makes you think they're gonna be good on Sunday? Mm -hmm. Let's talk about this vaccine. The three companies who are leading this, Johnson & Johnson. Johnson & Johnson has suits on them right now for poisoning babies with baby powder, mm -hmm. talcum powder. Couldn't trust them on Monday. You're going to trust them any other time. Pfizer. If you turn on your television to a black program, you're going to see a Pfizer commercial for some drug. That commercial is going to tell you three things that it does for you in 30 seconds, and then it's going to give you a minute and a half of what the side effects are. Pfizer. So if you couldn't trust them on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, last but not least, it's Monsanto. The creators of the genetically modified what's the rest of organisms. organisms that are banned everywhere else in the world but the United States. Now, these are the backbone of these vaccines. Now, check this out. These are the same companies that have been working on the cure for the common cold for 30 years and haven't found it. Same companies that have worked looking for a chemical cure. Let me back that up. Looking for a chemical drug cure for the common cold and haven't found it, looking for a chemical drug cure for cancer and haven't found it. In 30 years of research, they ain't found it. Yet they're going to find a virus that is deadlier than cancer and the cold. And in less than six months, they're going to find a chemical vaccine for that. I may be dumb, but I ain't that dumb. And so I know America's God is money. When the whole pandemic hit America, they couldn't make any money off of it. And so what they did was they tried to just say it didn't exist because they couldn't make any money off it. And they were planning on how are we going to make some money off it because they couldn't make no money off it in the beginning. So then they came up with, how can we make money? 
let's create a vaccine and we can make money off of that. So if, if we have been looking at the world clearly, the one thing I want to share is before you let anybody put a chemical in your body, you better first trust them and you better find out their history. And I will say this, <coughs> the creator of the universe has always provided plants, herbs from the earth to take care of any of the needs that this body has. And whenever you introduce a chemical that is man-made, it's always going to have a side effect because it wasn't meant for you. Right. And on that note, because I can go on with this for a while, I said, I'll keep it short. I'm going to stop right there. And, and, and again, we need to look at our education system because basically our education system, when our parents were growing up, their eighth grade education was better than our master's degree because it was still close to nature. They just learned to count enough so they can work and know their money and pay their bills. But they had common sense along with that because they could count. That's logic. When you can count, you can be illogical. And at this point, the education system is just preparing you for the workforce. So you have the science, technology, engineering, and math that's promoted by Mr. Gates. Well, that STEM sounds cute. Sounds cute. Really cute, but it's very mechanical. You just do as you're told. Do as you're told. And even with robotics, you're really inventing something that's going to replace you mm. in the workforce, right? And then the science is not investigation in the classroom lab. It's corporate science. So you only know so much, and you're told, go play with that while we're over here doing this. Mm -hmm. And it's very deceptive. And our education system is about to crash because then people have no clue what this virus is all about. Come on. They don't understand the difference between messenger RNA and DNA mm -hmm. and all these things. And some people don't want to know. And that's where we get hurt a lot, because we, we instinctively know that we're not being taught correctly. We're not being taught the truth. So when the truth shows up, we just want to reject it, because it seems to be coming from the same place. And if it's coming from us, we've been taught not to trust each other. And so we're just into this field of rejection, 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 that does not help us to move forward. And it's unfortunate that, um, you know, they say Social Security is going to run out soon. Mm -hmm. So how are we planning for retirement? And does that have anything to do with all these seniors in the nursing home that have died? How did COVID get to the nursing home? There's a lot of questions. Lot of I don't. Questions. I don't have any answers on yes. that. I. I, I would like to say. Yeah, and then if, yeah, if the workers didn't have it, how did the old folks get it? Yes, I, I don't know. I will say, um, I am a high school teacher, and uh, one of the reasons why I started my live show, and uh, that was over two years ago, almost three years ago now, was because um, some of the changes that were happening in education were very stressful for me. They really bothered me um, at a very deep level. And um, I knew that, in a sense, I needed to stay for my own financial security to have my pension and all that stuff. But, you know, and you do as much as you can to speak out um, about things, but most of what you're doing is shouting at the wind. Mm -hmm. um, but um, so that I did not know how to um, deal with that stress of, okay. I see these things, I dislike these things, I feel like these things are very counterproductive and harmful to children um, and to educators and to the community and the families and to everybody. 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 Mm -hmm. um, but you have to deal with what you're doing and try to make whatever little small impact you can make. And so my, my desire and my decision was, okay, let me create a platform for artists. Let me um, create a platform for black businesses. And that's what I did. And, and of course, when I started the live show, I only went to black venues because that was my thing with cooperative group economics. I wanted to bring them more business, more money, more 
uh, visibility. And then I wanted to work with mostly black vendors um, and promote their businesses. And so I was able to do that and work with all kind of different community outreaches. You know, I work with Pure Justice. You know, we did a we did book drives, we did school supply drives, we did mental health, you know, had people come out for mental health and, and talk to the people about different services that they had and just all kinds, you know, coat, coat drives, uh, uh, I mean, food drives, did stuff with the homeless, I mean, everything. We, we've done so many things in the past two years. Um, and so if people want to do something, there's ways to do it. And there are people, you know, one of the biggest compliments that I was given is that I bring people together Come on. and that I, I have connected people and that through my show, so many people have gotten connected to so many other people have gone on to do so many other things. And so again, that's that synergy, right? Where one plus one doesn't equal two, it could equal 25. You know, because here I bring you together, you meet him, then you guys do a couple of things and he introduces you to so-and-so and then you go do something with that person and you introduce him to so-and-so and he goes and does something with that person. And so the one plus the two of you didn't end up being just the three. It ended up being however many. So that's, I have seen um, cooperative group economics close and personal and just have been awed and really humbled at what one person can do, what two people could do, what, what a handful of people can do, uh, because we, you talked about coming together with like-minded people. When you meet those like-minded people and you're able to just do so many different things. And, and I even think about when we had the, the Black Lives Matter marches, we, you know, Trade the Truth um, brought out I think they said it was like a hundred thousand people or something like that out there. Mm -hmm. um, I might, I'm, I might even have been, I might even be saying less than there were. But anyway, the point is, mm -hmm. there were people that came together, people that worked together, people that raised money for the family, people that did all kinds of things with with all kind of justice initiatives and and moving moving the needle forward for. Um, civil rights, mm -hmm. voting rights, um, speaking out against injustice, police brutality, all these kind of things. So cooperative group economics is such a, it's a big umbrella. Mm -hmm. And under that you have artistic events and you have black owned businesses and you have the financial education and you have, you know, all of the community services and you have so many different things, people bringing their skills, their gifts, their talents to just make the community better and sure. to, to um, what is the saying? Because we are, I am, Ubuntu, I am because we are, sure. right? And, and I personally can say that I am, even doing this podcast, because somebody said you should do a podcast and gave me the confidence to do it. And then the first show that I, you were at one of the first shows I did, we were at Floa Studios. That's right. Black owned, shout out to Floa Studios, black owned business, you know, Coco Sullivan. We were at Floa Studios and now I have my podcast, you know, here in my studio and John Ross over here, shout out to Still Visionary Inc. You know, hey. we got black owned businesses. So again, it's a circle because I look at people that inspired me and I took wisdom from them. I in turn have inspired other people mm -hmm. and they've gone and done different things and, and, and it just ripples out. And my whole logo, this logo up here with the butterfly on the water, mm -hmm. people ask me, what does that mean? Enhance your life, impact your circle. That's my my whole slogan. The butterfly is a tiny little thing, but look at all those ripples, you know? So no matter how tiny you feel you are, you have no idea what ripples you could create and how those ripples could ripple out. And I, I 
one on one of my episodes, I mentioned Denzel Washington being um, a troubled child. Mm-hmm. He was at his mother's um, beauty shop, or he was at some beauty shop. His mom was there with him. He was there. And this woman said, come here, baby. Come here, come here, come here. I see something in you. And she said, you know, you're going to speak to millions of people one day. And this was a kid who had like a 1.5 GPA. In juvenile, okay, Mm. on his way, he said, to be dead or in jail. And the woman said, you're going to speak to millions of people. And he said, well, if I'm going to speak to millions of people, I guess I need to learn how to speak. And he started taking speech classes, which led him to acting classes, which led him to become an actor, which led him to become a person who speaks to millions of people. And also, he paid for Chadwick Boseman to go to acting school. That one woman who spoke one sentence to him changed his life. And his life changed Chadwick Boseman's life. And Chadwick Boseman's life changed countless Mm -hmm. children and people Mm -hmm. who had never thought of black people as anything but slaves before colonization and never even considered the greatness of African culture. People have done all kind of research on their history. They've been proud. They're wearing African gear, going natural, doing all kind of stuff because of the movie Wakanda. Which is a fictional movie, but it's based on a concept of pride in your culture. And so when we talk about cooperative group economics, we're not just talking about money. We're talking about mindsets. Switching from the toxic culture of competition and hatred and suspicion to cooperation and recognizing all of the gifts that people bring and working together for everybody's good. And that is at the heart of it however you're doing it, you know? And so we do need to wrap up. So I wanted you to tell them what, anything that you wanted to say and how they can find your class. And Okay. Okay, so on Saturdays at one o'clock, on the one, at the Shrine of the Black Banana, 5309 Martin Luther King Boulevard, the Coast 77021 here in Houston, Texas, we have conversations in African history and culture. The first half an hour of conversations in African history and culture comes on Facebook Live, and that comes on my Facebook Live, Run Your Fana, R-U-N-Y-A-R-A-R-O, Fana, F-A-N-A. You can send me a friend request and catch it on Saturdays or any time during the week. After the first half an hour that goes on Facebook Live, we shut Facebook Live off and all electronic equipment off, telephones, everything, we shut everything off. And then we continue the conversation about what we're talking about that particular day. And the idea is how we can, one of the things that I know is inside of everybody, there's knowledge about whatever we're talking about, there's some wisdom and knowledge inside of everybody who comes in. So I may initiate the conversation but it's only going to be to inspire things that are already inside people because that's where knowledge comes from the inside. So uh, that takes place on Saturdays. And um, the other thing I want to share with everybody is that when we look at ourselves, we have to, it would be good to understand that first, when we showed up on the planet, when we showed up as a baby, we were perfect and that we started out good, and that is our nature. We were peaceful, that is our normal. Anything outside of that is abnormal, and we want to get back from abnormal to normal. And the last thing I'm gonna share is one of the things I learned growing up in the streets of New York, and I have to give a shout out to the mafia. We're in my neighborhood. (laughs) The mafia said this, we learn as we go. We do the best we can today, we figured out what we did, and tomorrow we learn as we go. And that was they got they got that from the African concept of excellence. Excellence is do the best you can today, evaluate it, and then do the best you can tomorrow. Because you're not in an either-or situation. You're both there and you're growing. And on that note, I will say I'll share and give it to Mandisa. Okay, and I would like to give a shout out to the Center for the Healing of Racism because we just 
made history um, by being the first American group to have a Spanish sh in a show in Spanish on Univision about racism. Oh, wow. So we made history, and then there were some people there who didn't know there were Afro-Latinos. They wouldn't call them that. Mm. You know how you say, well, you're American, just be American, mm. so you just be Mexican. And now we have people calling themselves Black Mexican. There we go. And, um, but we, we did make history because we finally broke into the Spanish market to talk about racism. And they actually gave us a grant to do it. And then Jesus speaks so, That's my pride right there for this trip. And I would just like to say that we don't know what we don't know. And we don't know that we don't know what we don't know. So reach out to people. Because everything I've done in the past has led me to here. Um, teaching, nonprofit work. And now with the financial literacy program, it's putting all of that together. But at some point... As a consultant, I'm getting paid once people want to fix themselves. So um, we are controlled by money unless we learn how to control our money. We don't have to have the worst credit rating. We don't have to say that we can't put our children through school because there are ways to do it. And even if you make a lot of money and you think, uh, your child won't qualify for financial aid, so what? There are places to put your money so that your child can qualify for financial aid. And then you can buy the child a car if you want to, to because the child got 4.0 or 3.5 or whatever the child did the best they could. So focus on what's really important and don't let money distract you or the lack of it or the stress over it distract you because that's why we have networks. Sure. And we need to trust each other. And so what? If we go and somebody messes up, just move on. Keep going. Come on. You know, that you just brought up Denzel Washington. Speak life into people. Mm -hmm. And order is related to ordain. Come on. So if we do things in the right order, we will succeed because it was ordained that if you do it in the right order, you will succeed. That is Organize, order, ordain. That's, yes. a nice, that's a nice way to flow. It, it is Gosh, nice. Yeah. Well, I wanted to thank you guys for joining us. But before we sign off, I wanted to mention a couple of things. I wanted to thank everybody. I was at the um, Black uh, Book Fair, Black Authors Book Fair. So I wanted to thank everybody who came out there and supported me. And I did a workshop today. So if you didn't catch that workshop on Zenergize Your Life, which is my personal development package, which looks like this. Okay, if you didn't catch that, these are $15. You can kind of see here what a blank page looks like, what a filled out page looks like. So I actually went through that workshop today. So you can take a look at that workshop. You can order these. Um, I have magnetic bookmarks. This is a pack of six here for $6. I also have a pack of 12 for $10. I have little smiley cards. They're like business cards. They look like business cards, but they have positive sayings on them. So, yeah, if you want to hold up the magnetic book cards and you can hold up the little smiley cards there. I have shirts. Now, I had some shirts hanging up here. They're gone because they were sold. When I first started this podcast, I had this whole table full of shirts. You can see that it's halfway full. Now, I have plenty of shirts on my website. I just don't have very many. These are really like samples that I have just for you guys to look at and for me to sell like when I go out. But as you can see, my stock is a blessing is dwindling because people are buying stuff you, you know and um i had a pillow here sold the pillow so the pillow is now gone so i have to buy another pillow to put here but you guys i have 14 designs on my website all inspirational all uplifting i say give the gift of lift give the gift of lift yes where are things that make you feel lifted where are things that make people feel lifted you know and read things and have things around you that are always inspiring you, lifting you up, giving you that positive motivation. So definitely check out my website. It's lastandlyricsmerch.com, L-A-U-G-H-Z-N, the letter N, lyricsmerch.com. Um, Laughs and Lyrics, L-A-U-G-H-Z-A-N-D, lyrics.com is where you can find all that past podcast episodes. There's 24 of them that have been released. 
So you can go back to episode one Come on. and listen to all of them because they're all wonderful. They all have great information. They all have great people that you can hook up with. We're talking about cooperative group economics. So I have had 22 different people on my podcast that have food trucks, they have perfume, they have skincare, we have natural teas, we have all kind of people, all, all kind of people. people. So now you have a financial literacy expert giving you free, F-R-E-E, -E, yes. free, 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 giving you Zoom classes for free about how to grow your money, how to save money, how to invest money, how to, as she said, make your money work for you and make you control your money instead of your money controlling you. And I'm going to uh, get on these classes too. And she is not just here in Houston, international. That's right. At Harvard. You get to take a Harvard class for free. So if you're not taking advantage of the shame on you, I'm trying to bring you the best and the brightest, trying to really, in a sense, get you to synergize your life, to have the best fulfilling life that you can. So this is someone that you want to definitely reach out to, get enrolled in this class. We want to we wanna level up in 2021. Come on. We want to level up. We want to, you know, move past those boundaries that we have been behind and overcome those. So I wanted to thank you guys for joining me. I want to thank you for all the support. I literally almost sold out of so much stuff yesterday and today. So I'm just blessed, blessed, blessed. And I want to thank you for everything. And uh, thank you for joining in. Thank you for sure. joining in. So may you walk in Zenergy. Have a great week. My name is Zenai Shea, and I have a weekly podcast called Zenergy, which is fuel for the mind, body, and soul. And this is the Zenergize Your Life Goal Setting Package, Volume 1. It comes with the workbook, a journal, stickers, a bookmark, tabs, and a QR code where you can find my podcast. And inside this workbook, you're going to have 16 different principles. The first one I'm going to show you mine is abundance. You have a place to put pictures that inspire you of role models, also pictures of goals that you want to create, goals, journal prompts, meditations, affirmations, all kinds of things to help you focus on this principle to better your life. And like I said, there's 16 principles. So this is a $15 package that comes with all of these things I've shown you, $21 with shipping and handling, and you can get it at laughsandlyrics.com. So Zenergize Your Life with me. Thank you.